This is Lake Effect from 89.7 WUWM, Milwaukee Public Radio. Thanks for joining us. I'm Mitch Tyke. And I'm Bonnie North. Our Full Plate series has explored various aspects of Wisconsin agriculture, from dairy industry trends to beekeeping, urban aquaponics to growing rice. Some of the food producers we spoke to use conventional farming methods. Others have adopted organic and sustainable ones. But what does organic or sustainable actually mean? And how can consumers know if the foods that they're buying, usually at a premium, were grown or raised organically. The U.S. Department of Agriculture, the USDA, is tasked with setting minimum organic standards farms of all sizes must meet and then ensuring compliance. But according to Mark Castell, the co-founder of Wisconsin's Cornucopia Institute, the agency does not do a very good job of making sure the standards are met. The institute, which is based in Cornucopia, Wisconsin, is both a farm policy and watchdog organization. They maintain organic scorecards for everything from eggs to pet foods. Mark Castell joins me now. Thanks so much for talking with us this morning. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Let's start with what Cornucopia does. What does your organization do? What function do you play in the agricultural marketplace? Technically, we're a public interest charity. We're a group that focuses on organic policy. We are best known as an organic industry watchdog. So as farmers and their Urban partners have developed alternative forms of agriculture, and as they become lucrative, so organics is now over a $40 billion industry, we find agribusiness and other parties who really look at the dollars more than the values that underpin the label and are willing to make compromises. So that's where we come in in terms of protecting ethical industry participants and protecting consumers so they can believe in the authenticity of their food. Now, do you do this just in Wisconsin, or are you doing this nationwide? No, we're a nationwide group. In fact, we're virtually officed. We're headquartered in Cornucopia, Wisconsin, the farthest northern post office in the state. But our staff is scattered around the country. About a uh, about 40% of our staff are here in Wisconsin. I'm on the west coast of Wisconsin in Vernon County, south of La Crosse, but we have uh, had staff literally in Portland, Oregon, and Portland, Maine. Let's get to what the definition of organic is. I think sometimes that's where consumers get confused by natural, organic, what is, what isn't. So are there specific things that you must have if you are going to be labeled an organic farm? Absolutely. Natural means whatever the sales manager at a particular company says it means on any given day. Could it have GMOs in it? Sure. Could it be just that the, uh, if it's livestock, do not get antibiotics in their feed? Well, that might be it. In organics, starting in 2002, federal regulations were governed to create a minimum standard for organics. So in a nutshell, it means that for a minimum of three years before having the right to use that label, a farmer must shun almost all use of toxic uh, agrochemicals. In terms of caring for their animals, it means that there are no antibiotics uh, and many other drugs like synthetic parasiticides, poisons that might end up in the tissue of the animal or the milk or the meat or eggs, and certainly no genetically engineered organisms either in the feed for the animals or pharmaceuticals like genetically engineered bovine growth hormone, uh, stimulant for milk production. All those things are banned in organics. 
so that's what drives a lot of people here because they don't want to use their children as lab rats. What more and more sophisticated consumers are learning about organics is maybe the greatest value is what it does have in there, and that's uh, higher levels of nutrients, omega-3 fatty acids, uh, many essential nutrients that we have to get from our food have fallen based on USDA research precipitously in the last few decades. But organic farmers feed the soil, not the plants. They try to create a, a fertile growing medium, and that ends up with more nutrient-dense food. And so people who really care about superior health and nutrition are looking at organics as uh, really the foundation of good health. So where does it go wrong? Where do you come in? Why is there a watchdog needed? Well, unfortunately, when you become profitable, people set their targets on you. So we have some of the largest agrochemical, agribusinesses involved in farming that want a piece of the organic action. And so we have 15,000 cows on, quote, organic dairy farms producing milk. Or there's a one outfit in Michigan with 1.6 million laying hens. And they're, the USDA is allowing them to label that organic. We've filed a number of legal complaints. For instance, organic livestock all must be outdoors, but instead that, that giant egg operation in Michigan has these little porches with uh, concrete floors and a ceiling and a, a screened wall, and they're calling that the outdoors, and it only holds just a fraction of the birds in the building. And the cows on these giant factory farms, or CAFOs, as they're technically referred to, concentrated animal feeding operations, which we have plenty here in Wisconsin now, um, they are uh, not really allowed to graze uh, as the law prescribes. So we don't want consumers to be scared off because, as a consumer myself, I want really good, authentic, organic food. So one of the ways we address that at the Cornucopia Institute is if you go to our website, we rate every organic dairy brand, every brand of eggs for vegans or vegetarians. We rate soy foods. So we rate eggs, soy foods. Um, we rate uh, pet food. So we really try to empower consumers so they can vote in the marketplace for the true heroes in the organic movement and send a really serious message to the bad actors. So how do the bad actors, as you call them, get away with labeling those things organic when they are clearly not? Well, during the Bush administration, this is a bipartisan beef by Cornucopia, during the Bush years, uh, they just did everything they could to delay the implementation of the standards and not do much enforcement. It was even more insidious during the Obama administration. They brought in people who knew the industry and invested a lot in public relations to tell us what a great enforcement job they were doing and then not following through. So the law is very clear. Congress empowered the USDA to do the kind of watchdog work that Cornucopia is doing. They're just failing miserably. So we uh, use legislation. We use the regulatory arena. We have filed suits in federal court. But there is a higher authority than the USDA and the courts, and that is the consumer and their dollars. And that's why we fall back on these scorecards. 
And I think there's also a lot of people who not only want to protect their families, but are also concerned about environmental damage. They're concerned about ethically treating animals that we use for meat and for other products like dairy and eggs. And so... Obviously, as you're saying, voting with your dollars is really important. Do you advocate any other kinds of actions that consumers can take um, to make sure that the food that they're eating meets all of those standards, that it's, you know, the animals were treated well, the crops were grown properly, and I'm getting the food that I need? We sure do. You know, who owns the organic label? We all do, the farmers and and consumers alike. And more and more people are recognizing that we get a chance to have a vote on how our planet is stewarded. And in organics, we're not polluting the uh, groundwater and the surface water. We're not uh, impacting the people who grow our food, who are um, intimately exposed to these toxic chemicals. And so often their families, either farmers or farm workers, live contiguous to the field. So uh, they have some of the highest cancer rates and chronic disease rates, so we're protecting the people who uh, service our food every day. And then, of course, respectful treatment for animals. Um, if McDonald's or some of these big corporations are saying they're going cage-free or they're going um, free-range or some, some other term other than organic, what it really means is they're in giant buildings and they're still multiple birds per square foot, they're just not closed in a cage. It's still a miserable existence. In organics, if the regulations are enforced and the top-rated brands and the cornucopia scorecards certainly meet these expectations, the law says they have to be managed to enhance uh, opportunities to express their natural instinctive behaviors. So for cows, that means out in a beautiful day like today in Wisconsin on fresh grass, they produce better quality milk, they're healthier, and they have a happy cow life. For chickens, natural behavior is what we call the foraging behavior. So it's the scratch, 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 peck, 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 scratch. So they're trying to uncover weed seeds, and uh, they eat some grass and insects. And again, the, the eggs are way more flavorful and nutritious, but the animals are having a nice life. And uh, when they cram these birds into barns, they're on such stress that they have to cut the uh, sharp tip off their beaks. Otherwise, they will injure each other because they're attacking each other. Many of the top-rated organic brand scorecard at Cornucopia, they never trim the beaks of their birds because they have no reason to trim them. So we decide how these animals are cared for depending on the purchases we make. There is going to be uh, an argument made that that's all well and good for a small market segment, but what about feeding the masses of people that are on the planet that it's too expensive to do that? What is your answer to that argument? Well, there's a few potential answers. One is that um, organic farming can be just as productive in some conditions like droughts. It can be more productive. But we need to kind of balance what our meals are. Maybe we shouldn't be eating meat three times a day. So I attest to the fact that we should probably pay twice as much for our meat. It'll be more than twice as nutritious. Uh, and eat about half the amount of meat per capita that we do in this country. Uh, that's one calculation. The other is how much it costs us to stay healthy in this country. 
we spend on a per capita basis more than every other country in the world on health care. But our health outcomes in terms of longevity, in terms of chronic health and quality of life are abysmal. On the other hand, we have the cheapest food in the world, bar none. So this equation is not serving us well. It's not serving our families well on every level, whether it's your household, whether it's your uh, school board, your local municipality, county, the state, they're all going bankrupt trying to pay health care costs. And the food we eat is really the foundation of good health. It's really indisputable. But we try to buy the cheapest food. It's produced in an industrial manner, which degrades its nutritional content. And the result is that we live uh, kind of a miserable life for many of us in terms of our overall health and well-being. That's no bargain. In your watchdog role and in all of the scorecards that you make, are you seeing that the scales are tipping more towards organic production? Are people starting to see the benefits of this, not just singularly like, oh, my my strawberries don't have pesticides on them, or yes, the chickens are treated well, but that people are starting to see this as a holistic thing? Well, I think... People are turning to better food for many reasons. Uh, Certainly health and safety is the number one factor. But as you mentioned, the impact on the environment, animals, and our communities. So besides for organics, we've seen exponential growth in, quote, local food. and We have to protect that term as well. Uh, Farmers markets, CSAs, community-sponsored agriculture, community-supported agriculture, where you subscribe to a farm that delivers locally into your neighborhood. These not only sometimes cost more, but they're more effort to procure our food in that manner. But we're willing to make that effort because we go to the farmer's market, we might be picking something that was uh, harvested 10 hours ago instead of 10 days ago in, in Mexico or California. So the flavor and nutrition is superior. I should add, we just published what we call a do-it-yourself organic certification guide because so often we go to farmer's markets and some of the smaller growers that are wonderful organic practitioners, they haven't become certified, either because they're a bit disenchanted with the USDA process or they only do direct marketing so their uh, consumer customers know who they are and might have open houses on their farm. So this new uh, DIY certification guide gives you some tough questions to ask farmers that if they're not certified, and I always go to the market looking for the certified farmer to start with. I know they've jumped through the hoops. But if they aren't certified, what are the important questions to ask them to try to understand how they are practicing uh, agriculture and if it is truly on a par with uh, certified organic farmers? Well, Mark Castell, thank you so much for taking some time to talk with us today. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. Mark Castell is the co-founder of the Cornucopia Institute, headquartered in Cornucopia, Wisconsin. You can find a link to the organic scorecards Mark mentioned at wuwm.com. You can also find all of the other segments in our full plate series there as well.